0: This is It Is What It Is, a podcast gumbo featuring Max Lit. What's going on, y'all? We are back. This is the It Is What It Is podcast, a podcast gumbo featuring Max Lit. Once again, we are joined by the Soulful Vegan appropriately, appropriately this time because we just happen to be talking about cooking. Yeah. And if you haven't um, already found out about The Soulful Vegan, check out her on her website at thesoulfulvegan.com.
1: Also, check out her Instagram. The soul Everything at The Vegan. Alright, so
0: everything, every handle, every joint, The Soulful Vegan.
1: Um,
0: so, it's interesting. You know, this podcast thing is a little crazy. Um, maybe over the past month, I've been trying to come up with ideas for a new podcast. I think I was giving it too much thought, you know, because the first one... It was kind of spontaneous. You know, we talked about the documentary uh, with Wu-Tang of Mike's and Men. And that was kind of a spontaneous, you know, conversation that we just decided we was going to record. Today, we are watching uh, The Chef Show with John Favreau. Yep. uh, From the Marvel movies, Iron Man, Spider-Man Homecoming. And one of the movies that uh, John Favreau did if i'm saying his name right john favaro john Favreau, whatever um it was the chef and um i really ended up liking that movie cuz i like to cook uh those who know me pretty well know that i like to cook uh the sobel vegan knows that i like to cook um uh, she loves to cook uh, <laughs> and she's actually made a business of cooking healthier uh foods more alkaline foods uh plant-based foods things like that and um of course, if you follow social media, you follow anything that's trending nowadays, a lot of people are getting into that. Um, but what we started talking about while we were watching the show was the, you, know, you watch this guy, he's an actor, um, and to do this role, he called on one of his friends, and his friend is a chef, runs a food truck, yep. um, very well known very well in known L.A., LA yep. really across the country, um, and... The story that he ended up telling was very similar to his uh, friend's story. Mm-hmm. I don't know his name. Did you get his name?
1: I'll get his
0: name. All right. Because um, we don't want to be like, oh, this guy, this guy, this guy. I did not have an actual name to this guy because he's a really dope chef. But anyway, um, we started kind of talking about our own culinary. Uh, Roy Choi. Chef Roy, Roy Choi. Choi. Okay. He's Roy Choi. Yep. and he's been on Top Chef. Yep. He's been on a number of cooking shows. He has um, very talented chef, uh, from what I can tell. From the times I've seen him on TV, he's a adult person. Um, but he basically told John Favreau, like, listen, if we're gonna do this. We have to do it right. And so the stories ended up being very similar, uh, unbeknownst to John Favreau. But once he talked to him, and you know, he ended up advising him on the movie. Uh, then the movie was really great, so anybody who likes food or likes to cook, definitely should check, uh, should check it out. It's called The Chef. Um, but what we're going to talk about today, um, not like it's a theme or anything or, you know, whatever, but um, just talking about I like to be in the kitchen. You know, just like writing, I think I'm at my best peaceful space writing and cooking. And ever since the Soulful Vegan has introduced me to a more plant-based lifestyle, I've, I've been cooking more along that line and, and eating more along those lines. Um, you know, anybody <laughs> that knows me, well, like before the past two years maybe, I would say the past year, yeah. you know, get me on the grill, With some hamburgers, hot dogs, sausages You know, a hunk of pork And whatever else Then I'm good to go But um I've come to realize that That's kind of easy cooking You know, if you're not a trained chef You know, you can throw some meat on the grill And and Anybody really As long as you don't burn it (laughs) I think you're good, right?
1: For the most part But we can't really say that anymore Because Oh, no, we're talking about meat. Yeah, listen, people can botch up, as we've seen. This no, fashion. no, that's what I'm
0: saying. As long as you don't burn it, you're good <laughs> with, when it comes to meat. When it comes to being more selective, like on a vegan or alkaline um, situation, you got to be more attentive
1: yeah.
0: or intuitive. And definitely you have to plan
1: Yeah.
0: more. <laughs> Than you normally would. Um, oh, this is the movie. So um, we're we're not gonna dive too much into it with the soulful vegan and and, and, and her recipes and and how how she developed uh, her business, but we are gonna plug her cookbook, uh, if you will.
1: Oh, uh, it is cooking soulfully alkaline. <clears throat> it is the first alkaline cookbook. With over 250 recipes that are completely alkaline electric, um, there are three meal plans, um, and you can also print out. There are printable shopping lists as well. Um, goes for 25.99 at thesoulfulvegan.com. It is an ebook. We are I've had a lot of requests to do physical hard copies, so I think I'm going to do a limited amount of those. But I'm all about saving trees here. No doubt. Um, so, but it is available on the soulfulvegan.com. Um, absolutely, a lot of fun recipes from drinks to um, pasta, grilled cheese, pizza, <laughs> um, caramel, everything you can think of, just alkaline. It was a lot of fun to make.
0: All right. Now, you said 250 recipes. 250. At 25.99. 25.99. So, how much does that break down, like, Cost per recipe with two hundred and fifty recipes. You can quick at math, that's why I decided to action. Oh, just whoa. to show the practicality of the purchase.
1: I mean, okay, so if we look at and I'll do the math now. So two hundred and fifty, and that is about twenty
0: five ninety nine. Mm, what nine cent? Let's just say ten cents. A right? recipe. 10 cents a recipe. Now, I know what you're thinking. Oh, man, listen. I go to Publix get a recipe for free. Yeah, you can. Is it alkaline? Is it plant-based? You know, you, you get a little bit of that, but my point is, for 10 cents a recipe, that's a great value. And yeah. I'm not saying that because I'm trying to plug the book. I'm just saying I haven't seen a cookbook of any sort with 250 recipes that you're going to spend less than 40 to $50 for. And you got the meal prep, Uh, is it in the book?
1: Yeah. So you got some meal meal prep stuff in there too? There's one that's completely raw. If someone wants to do a raw vegan diet, there's a raw meal plan. Um, And then there's one that's kind of more of the comfort foods. And Mm. then there's just a normal kind of diet style um, meal plan. But 250 recipes. Um, anything, I mean, you're talking fish sauce, you're talking ponzu sauce, um, tomato paste, I mean, things that most people would just go and buy in the store. And for for those who eat and live an alkaline lifestyle, you know that we don't eat things out of a can mm -hmm. um, because aluminum is not great for us. Um, And so we end up either having to scratch that as, oh, that's an ingredient we can't have. But for me, I was like, well, what do you mean we can't have it? Let's just make it. and And store it it in glass, make it alkaline, store it in glass instead of aluminum. So you're gonna find all of those things from ketchup to barbecue sauce to um, pie crust to pizza dough, um, enchiladas. Most things that I enjoy- I've had the enchiladas, (laughs) they're pretty delicious. Most things that I enjoyed when I was not a vegan or not a plant-based living individual, I've just decided to alkaline them. So there's macaroni and cheese, um, there is turnip dip kind of a playoff of spinach artichoke dip there's so many different things to enjoy um, and that's all I really wanted to do was just kind of introduce yes you can change your lifestyle you can eat food that's healing to your body and not necessarily feel like you're missing out or dieting as they say so um, like I said it's it was a lot of fun making it uh, <laughs> It was definitely uh, more difficult than I thought, um, just because there's a lot of attention to detail with kind of putting the book together. Uh, but it definitely was a lot of fun. Um, you were kind of the guinea pig who tasted most of the recipes. They were delicious. <laughs>
0: Let me just say this. And and this is coming from a person who uh, ate pretty much anything um, up until... A, maybe would I,
1: say, I, say a year ago, I would say a year and a half ago,
0: okay. Because I mean, listen, I go to the QT in a minute, yes, you give will. me two hot dogs with everything on them, you know, not the chili, the cheese, and all that stuff. But you know, I'm, I was all about um, quick food, and just you know, man, I'm craving a burger. And I'm not I'm not fully vegan yet, you know, I'm still transitioning. Like, I went to my parents' house and had some chicken the other day, and uh, the sober vegan was like, uh so what did you eat i saw hot sauce on the table and i was like i had some chicken <laughs> so you know i'm not all the way there yet but watching her go through her process in cooking and developing a cookbook which to me um again I'm, I'm not just plugging man i mean the the recipes that she came up with and the the detail and the thought that went into this cookbook i've never seen that and to see it on a plant-based situation Alkaline situation to where there's necessary ingredients. There are things that you you can use you can't use uh, to see that come Into fruition and the end result being what it was. I was very very impressed So
1: I encourage all y'all to check that out. Uh, It is called what again cooking soulfully alkaline um, by the soulful vegan find it at the again 250 recipes um, three meal plans and printable shopping guides. You will not find another alkaline cookbook like it out to date. That I can promise you.
0: 100. <laughs> All right, so, like I said, we, we, we've got more in store with the Soapal Vegan, but that's for another podcast because we're going to dedicate an entire podcast to what she does and, and the process that she went through and the journey she went through to get to where she is right now. But <laughs> this this podcast is about cooking. Yes so um, I will say this me and you developed a big part of our friendship uh, through
1: cooking. I think I, I think that is truly one of our bigger organic connections yeah is we absolutely love to cook but not just following a recipe, we love to create. Which is a big difference. You have well, people that follow recipes, and then you have people like yourself. Well, you know what they say about us, <laughs> black
0: folk. You know, the ancestors talk to us. That's true. You know, and with the alkaline diet, you know, you got to be a little less ancestral, even though the food.
1: Mm. That- but do we really? We, we have to go further back on the ancestry list before. I mean, as far as the ancestors
0: speaking to you, the, yeah. the,
1: the seasoning, human, oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. All of that. Like, yeah, I saw
0: a <laughs> meme on, on Instagram one time that said, you don't stop until the ancestors tell you to stop. Exactly, right? when it comes to seasoning. Or, really, uh, a lot of the um, recipes I've watched you create, mm-hmm. you know, you're, 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 you were tracking. All right, so how much did I put in there? How much did I put in there? But the actual creation of the recipes...
1: The, origi- the first creation of any of my recipes, I do not track, count, weigh, or anything. I eyeball everything. The reason that I tracked it, counted, and weighed was because I was creating a cookbook. Right, because you
0: can't say, yo, three shakes or four or five.
1: <laughs> three pictures of seven
0: like However many tomatoes <laughs> you feel like should go in there, right?
1: No, but in the, most of the time, it's by smell. Um, you look at something. You can tell it's done. You can smell it and kind of see what it needs. Um, and then, of course, naturally people taste food throughout. Uh, but for most part, you just kind of shake until the ancestors say, "Hey,
0: that's enough." It's enough salt. You know, black folks, we need to watch our sodium intake. I'm one of them. You know. Yes. So the ancestors, you know, back in those days, they they might not have been so much worried about uh, high blood pressure and all of that. So mm. if the ancestors say five, you might want to do three. Right. <laughs> but, <coughs> all right. So I know with me. I developed my love for cooking, really, once I moved to South Carolina and I was on my own and I had to make my own food. I had a roommate who basically ate hamburger helper all the time, and I wasn't with it. So I didn't really cook a whole lot, but my mom came by the apartment one day and realized we didn't have any real groceries in the house. So she told me, these are the things that you need to have. We're going to the store right now. And again, this was pre even trying to be healthy. Uh, so it was, you know, get a whole chicken and get some canned vegetables, you know, find the ones on sale, get a bag of rice, five pound bag of rice, you know, and then I remember growing up watching my moms make the meals for us, We there was always rice. There was mostly always chicken of some sort and vegetables. And I figured, you know, as a young man trying to figure out my own food options. If I, As long as I had a meat, rice, and some vegetables, we was good to go.
1: Yeah.
0: I don't think I really started learning to love, or not learning, but just started loving cooking until I started grilling outside. You know, I watched my dad grill for years as a kid. And he was out there in his element, beer in his hand, you know, don't nobody come near the grill. You know, and that's when I started loving cooking, but then you take a lot of those things, you bring them in the kitchen. And I think also um, trying to be more healthy, yeah. you know? So I'm, I'm coming up with tofu and broccoli pasta, you know, and and I love tofu, by the way.
1: Baby steps. We're 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 gonna Love eventually. Tofu. Get I know we're to trying tofu. to get
0: away from tofu. I don't know if that just like chicken. I know that's gonna be hard for me to get away from.
1: It's one of those things to where plant based people, when you're moving from non plant based to plant based, and then moving from just being plant based to an alkaline plant based life, you realize, wait, what? tofu is bad for us now?
0: You kind of got to give up all the things (laughs) that you said. Well, I can eat this instead of chicken.
1: Right. So you have to go through that process. all So then plant-based people that want to move into an alkaline life, they have to go through a totally different process of the same way that they got. They stopped eating um, (laughs) non-plant-based things. Tofu is something. But again, baby steps. So let me ask
0: you this. So, all right. So you have always enjoyed cooking.
1: I love cooking. I've, oh my gosh! I used to. You're telling your story growing up and your dad. Um, my dad passed away when, we were, when I was young, so my mom, of course, naturally came in took on the roles of dad and mom. And watching her cook was probably the most amazing thing in the world. Personally, we idolized our mom. We just thought she was the greatest thing since sliced cheese. Still is. Um, she still is. Absolutely, I still idolize her today. But growing up and watching her cook dinner and like one day would be meatloaf, but it would be an elaborate meal. So it'd be like these mashed potatoes, but it would be like real potatoes, that she would boil and peel, and then mm she would smash and add butter and milk, and we were like, she used to be a chef somewhere, you know, because when you go to restaurants, that's how, Mm -hmm. well, good restaurants, depending on where you go, go, they make it that way, and to see it, and to grow up experiencing that, that's kind of where my love for cooking and being in the kitchen, because she would turn on music, and she would dance, and Mm -hmm. she would cook, and it's like, well, that's That's kind of what we do.
0: That's exactly what we do. And it's funny, growing up as a kid, you know, I knew kids that didn't eat as well as we did. You know, um, I knew kids that ate ramen every night. Or I knew kids that um, had cereal every night. Um, You know, we grew up in a working class family where I'm not sure if... My parents, I mean, I could look at it now and be like, yeah, they probably live check to check, but my mom was pretty good with money, so it wasn't like they didn't have money stashed away, but my mom was all about, you know, maximizing the dollar, especially when it came to food. So, you know, even though, you know, we wasn't eating TV dinners and all that stuff, you know, as a kid, you can't appreciate how much effort goes into your parents making sure you have well-balanced meals. You know, even if you are eating meat or you know not living a, a plant based or, or or alkaline lifestyle your parents for the most part make sure mm-hmm. even even in, in bad situations they make sure you eat even if it's better than eat
1: and and that's a, and that goes back to a, a parents love making sure that children have you know better sometimes yeah. you know sometimes parents eat cereal that
0: sugary crap. Yo, the crazy thing is that when
1: we kids, <laughs> we didn't notice
0: at the time. But it was like, you know, money might have been a little tight. Moms be like, yo, y'all want to have some cereal for dinner? We'd be like, yeah, Fruity Pebbles. And it wasn't, you know, we're going to go to the store and buy some Fruity Pebbles. We already had some. You know, so yeah. half the time I think it was because my mom didn't feel like cooking. Okay. You yep. know what I mean? Yeah. And Sometimes we also we had though, breakfast for dinner. We, we
1: never had cereal for dinner, but we had like mom would say "Do you guys want eggs and like bacon or sausage and for dinner we were like okay and what it was is that we would have rice before Mm -hmm. the night before whether it was with meatloaf or like Salisbury steak she was a good chef love you mom Um, and so what she would do instead of dumping the rice she knew that we didn't really like leftovers like Mm -hmm. that but some leftovers we could eat so she would then make eggs and bacon and then she would reheat the rice and we would have breakfast for dinner and we just thought that was the coolest thing ever we were like man we're having breakfast for dinner that is cool when in actuality she was like the only way these children are gonna eat this rice is if I just kind of completely change the world (laughs) because we ain't throwing away no food (laughs) exactly we're not wasting food. listen
0: I remember my grandmother you know I hated lima beans as a kid and so we used to throw the lima beans, we wrap them up in napkins and throw them out the window and out in the bedroom. And we was like, there's no way she's going to find out that we were throwing these lima beans or anything we didn't like out the window. Mamas um, always know. We walked past the spot that we threw the food out every day to go to the store or go somewhere. We, we walked past that spot At least twice a day. Regardless. And one day she figured it out. And so that was the first time I had dinner. Breakfast. Lama beans. Terrible. (laughs) You know? But okay, so... We're talking about our food journeys. And you know, you... Went from... Eating whatever you wanted. To... Eating vegetarian. And then alkaline. So... As far as cooking goes, what was the challenges that you faced as far as, you know, liking certain things that you, was it really just being informative or being
1: informed?
0: Or or was it just, you know, I I wanna be able to like these foods just they're better for me?
1: For 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 me not And then the cooking,
0: I'm sorry. Yeah. Right, actually because that that cooking process is a little different than frying some chicken.
1: Well, the the funny thing is is I've never excelled. At frying chicken, I tried it once, burned my foot on grease, and I never did it again. <laughs> so you don't, you no one had to worry about me making fried anything because I was never good at it. So most what so you have, you fry, fries, fries. Yes, this is why. So for me, it was not really difficult because again, I never tried frying things. I never did any of that. Most of the stuff that I excelled in in cooking, anyway, was baked things. Mm -hmm. and veggies because my mother made sure that she incorporated a lot of veggies growing up so Carl and I loved my twin sister and I loved veggies all the time so it wasn't difficult to say I'm not going to cook meat Mm -hmm. because for me meat took longer to cook than my veggies Um, and one thing that you'll learn when you're moving from a non-plant based to a plant based diet is your meals come together really fast because veggies don't take forever to cook Um, the things that take forever are meat and that's because we have to cook it to make sure it's cooked well correct because the last thing you want is to be sick Um, so for me it wasn't necessarily like a hang-up it was perfecting those veggies like green like greens making sure that I didn't cook the crap out of them so they were brown We wanted I wanted to Cook them so they were fresh and they still were vibrant Mm -hmm. and and had um, life to them. But then learning how to perfectly caramelize onions. I know that sounds, you know, tiny and and minuscule, but for a chef, that's a big deal. Anybody
0: that likes to cook (laughs) knows how important caramelized onions is, depending on what you're
1: making. Yeah. Um, Then also you look at kind of working on baked things. Um, I wasn't really a big baker. My twin sister went to culinary school and... She's a big baker, um, but making my own breads and making my own tortillas and making my own chips, those were kind of the challenging things, moving from non-plant-based to plant-based and then from plant-based to alkaline. But then the education of what is going into some of these things that we go and buy. We go buy fresh produce, no big deal, but then it's like you look at some of the ingredients like ketchup Mm -hmm. people, you know, or mustard, and then you figure out you, you learn and you gain this knowledge and then you figure out that you can make it yourself. You have half of the ingredients in yeah. your pantry yeah. in your refrigerator, so why not try it? Um, I'm a person that loves to try and fail a bunch of times. Um, so making my own sauces, making my own dressings, experimenting, that's kind of the best part about cooking. It's, it's trying, failing, and yeah. then trying again.
0: I know with me, there are certain things that I have have yet to cook because I feel like it's a challenge. Like uh, my friend Tara, um, she mentioned she made lasagna a couple of weeks, last week, two weeks ago. Sorry, if Tara, if you're listening, you know, I don't remember the exact time. <laughs> but she's seen me post certain things on Instagram. And I, I said to her, I said, you know, lasagna is one of the things that I've stayed away from. I'm just not brave enough to try it. And she's like, what all the stuff that you have posted on Instagram, you ain't never tried to make no lasagna? And the thing about it is, I've, I've watched my mother. The same thing with baked macaroni. I've watched my mother painstakingly, like, add this ingredient, add that ingredient, <coughs> layer this, layer that. Especially lasagna, with lasagna, that's a... I,
1: I think it's with lasagna, there's so many moving parts. Like, And you have, you to, have to get the it noodles, right. You have the noodles, which are a totally different thing. You have your sauce. And then, depending on which way you go, you can. Now, you have ricotta that you have to make. There are all these different components that come in. The lasagna is more than just throw one pot in on the right. stove and we're done. Like, we have to make this, set this aside. We have to make this, set this aside. We have to watch this, make sure this doesn't burn, and then all of it comes together, and then you have to bake right, it again. Right. <laughs> and
0: I'm process. all for it. Like, they can be different components. <laughs> and I, like, if, if I think we mentioned it in the first podcast, right? The $40 spaghetti?
1: Yes, we did.
0: Okay, there's a story behind that that we will not discuss. <laughs> um, but basically, the first time I made this spaghetti, I spent $40 um, just on the spaghetti alone. Not counting everything else I brought to go with the meal. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: and then eventually, I figured it out. You know, you could spend 20 bucks and still have the same stuff. Mm-hmm. But... Like so, before I decided to try to eat a little bit better, it was smoked sausage. I eventually added Polish sausage, kielbasa, um, uh, different Italian there was like, sausage. There
1: was all types Ground
0: of, meat, yeah, ground pork. I mean, everything that's bad for you together was in this.
1: Again. let's not talk about that it took you legitimately all day. all day all day
0: like I literally will wake up at 9 o'clock like the, 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 the plan would be to go to the store previously if it's the night before whenever you go and what
1: are they making I'm not sure a curry
0: all right so we're watching this show as we're doing this podcast so from time to time we'll get a little distracted we'll talk about what they're cooking Um I think they're making curry. Okay. But, you know, I would, I would cook the, 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 the ground meat. And then I would, the, the sausages, except for the Italian sausage and the, yeah. the, um, uh, the bratwurst or whatever I just decided to throw in there. Um, you have to cook that separate too. But it was like all of these components. But you knew once the sauce was ready. <laughs> you could throw all that stuff in the sauce. And just let it sit, but this would literally take like I would wake up at nine ten o'clock in the morning, and it would be five o'clock six o'clock before it was ready.
1: Yeah.
0: Listen, this is not your grandmother's spaghetti. It's not Definitely like not. no no what I'm talking about. It's not like oh you had to simmer the tomatoes and you had to do this. And I'm just slow. <laughs> Cutting up stuff takes me an hour. You know what I'm saying? So go. by the time all the components came together, that's why I told anybody I was like, listen. I can make this and bring it to you. I think you were the first person,
1: yeah,
0: that witnessed the actual. Pro- well, aside from my family, because I cooked it at the house a couple times, yeah. But you were the first person to witness it in its entirety.
1: Oh, yeah. And
0: you were like, "Dude, this takes you all day."
1: <laughs> and you know, you
0: listen. You, you listen to Italian women. They talk about the oh the, the red sauce and all that stuff, and they're like, "It takes twelve hours." Yo, that shit literally takes. All day, yeah. Any anytime you listen to your grandmother talk about her making some food, that takes all day. I'm 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 all with that, but it's not because you're bringing out the flavors. I just take forever yes, to it. to do stuff when it comes to cooking. I just go at my own pace. It's all right, you know. Um, what's interesting is that I watch these cooking shows on TV, and I love them, right? But Trying to do better
1: Yeah Always
0: So a lot of these shows Involve me And I still have this Chicken Ramen That I haven't made in a while But I'm probably gonna have to make again real soon Just because I love to make Things that make me feel good Right And eventually You know If you, if you, if you decide to Live A, a, a vegan Or plant based lifestyle You know There's sacrifices you have to make um, but I found a level of peace. Cooking,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? Like when we used to. Oh man, listen. Whew. So when I got to the point, I was like, "Yo, all right, I'm not going to eat red meat. I'm just going to eat fish." So I'm trying to find like the, my favorite things to cook. So porgies was one of them. Of course, fried. It's not great, but it's better than eating steak. You know, it's better than eating a burger. Um, so, in in Greenville, South Carolina, it's it's hard to find porgies. Um, I'm used to being able to buy porgies year round in New York. Down here, they're season. Um, then we came across. Uh, there was a restaurant. Was it Wasabi's downtown Greenville? Right sold the sandwich Murasaki's. Okay, they turned to Wasabi. or Wasabi's first and they turned into Wasabi. Stores. Either way. So they had salmon cheek. I had never had salmon cheek. I did not know what salmon cheek was. So I experienced this. And I'm like, man, I would love to be able to have this all the time. Went to the fish market. They don't have salmon cheek. They don't got no cheek. The only cheek they have is the black bass grouper. Black grouper. Yeah. Okay. Never um, Never cooked grouper anything, but I was like yo, so you fry it, it's not a big deal man, listen whoo, first of all these joints are huge, if you ever just look up grouper and generally a grouper is a big fish when I tell you you break down this grouper cheek and the bone it, cause it's the jaw and the gill
1: mm-hmm.
0: of the fish it's like a pork chop bone. <laughs> and the meat is like, it's dense. So, you know, that was the first, and I loved doing stuff for the first time, and I, and I loved having the Soulful Vegan with me experiencing those things, because she's the voice of reason.
1: <laughs> yes.
0: She'd be like, uh, I think you need to uh, check on your grouper. Group. Like, oh, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We good, we good. You know, it's, it's just that, I guess that, a mini-chef mentality where it's like, I'll always make sure nobody's burning anything around right here.
0: she knows me. She yes. knows I <laughs> will walk away from something. Next thing you know, it's on fire. And we're like, ah! And that was it for the grouper. It wasn't like, oh, y'all got two more, you know, which is why the next time, I bought four. <laughs> but I like, I like trying to cook things that I like that I've never cooked before. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what attracted me to your alkaline um, recipes and, and vegan stuff because it's like all right, so I've never cooked this stuff before. I I've, I've barely eaten it aside from tofu. There was not a really there was not really a lot of vegetarian stuff that I was like trying to cook. Mm-hmm. Um, Garner's when over there on Pleasantburg when yeah. you could actually get food stuff from there. Is what got me on to um, you know non meat stuff, and then Earth Fair popped up, and there was this uh, what was it
1: the uh, Thai chili that we found? The Thai chili tofu is you like that, but then buffalo.
0: Okay, no, no, no. I'm just I'm just saying that. So the Thai chili, I tried that a couple of years ago, maybe three or four years ago. And it was from the cold case. And I was like, man, this is the tofu that I've been missing over the course of, you know, the time that I've been looking for meat alternatives. Mm-hmm. And this was, I had the first time I had that Thai chili from Garner's the Thai chili tofu was like, I think that was like six or eight years ago.
1: Yeah. And
0: I've been trying to find it ever since. Then a couple of years ago, I had it from Earth Fair, but it was something someone bought. You know, mm-hmm. and, and I was like, Oh man, this is great. Did not know that <laughs> that they had the tofu in the in the uh the hot bar. The heart
1: bar every day. Every day. Yeah.
0: So needless to say, I went on a bit of a binge uh, binge every day. <laughs> on the tofu. A couple of days they didn't they didn't have what I wanted. But there was this buffalo
1: tofu. Yeah. You really was like
0: that. Amazing. And and I think we came. We had it that first week, and then we came across it the second week, and then the third week they didn't have it, any yeah. day. But then <coughs> they had it for three straight days.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, bonus. There, there were some that you did not care for. The lemon shallot. The lemon shallot. No,
0: no, no. The lemon shallot one wasn't bad. It was the barbecue tofu.
1: Oh, that was the one.
0: And it, because it just didn't taste like
1: anything. Yeah, but their Thai chili one was. Their Thai chili one was really good, and then the buffalo, the buffalo one. I mean, the buffalo one. The buffalo one is like the best. And again, I don't eat a lot of tofu, but I, I do try. I did want to try the buffalo in the Thai, and it really tasted like little chicken.
0: Yo, <laughs> for real.
1: I was like, but see, that, that
0: is that's what intrigues me about you know vegan and vegan and, and alkaline like that level of cooking because there are. Listen, there are some people, and I know a couple of them. I'm not going to mention any names. But some people are just so physically driven with just being healthy. Like physically healthy, <coughs> internally healthy, mentally healthy, that they eat to live. Yeah. I'm a person that lives to eat. let gonna be honest with you. on that. Um, my food has got to taste good. Like I don't eat for sustenance, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like I got to enjoy the food. Then the and the same way. That's what kind of turned me off to the vegan lifestyle for a long time because for a long time it was not tasty food. Like no one was seasoning the broccoli. Like listen, I I told you the story. I grew up hating broccoli. Yep. That's because my mom's would cut
1: the broccoli down to
0: nothing, right? I didn't know broccoli was like bright green mm-hmm. for a long time. I thought it was just, I thought it was dark brown for a long time, right? Yep. And so one of my mom's friends I guess you could say she was an herbalist. And she was selling this product called Herbimere. And it was I guess it was a salt alternative. Um but the first time I had broccoli and I liked it, it was bright, it was crunchy, and it had the seasoning on it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yo, is, is this what vegetables are supposed to taste
1: like?
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. Like, vegetables can't be the thing that's supposed to taste bad, but it's good for you. And
1: that's because most people don't uh, cook them, so they taste gross. I cook veggies for you and you eat them.
0: And listen, broccoli was one of the... And Brussels sprouts. <laughs> Brussels sprouts. So my friend Roxanne, if you listen to Roxanne, thanks for tuning in. Um, I bet you didn't think he was going to make it into a, uh, a a mention on the podcast <laughs> because it's food. And you're a very good friend of mine. You, you did. But um, the first time I had Brussels sprouts and I actually liked them. Was at Roxanne's house and she grilled them out on like the little mini Weber that I have. Oh, yes, the
1: mini grill. What was the what was the iron roll about? That mini grill has like I get so nervous. Okay, okay, okay. You so almost listen, almost burned things down.
0: The soulful vegan, <laughs> as much as she trusts my culinary skills, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't trust my fire skills. No,
1: not at all.
0: My Even though, flows. okay, so let's let, we have to rewind back a little bit. So. One of the first times I cooked for you was technically grilling. It was wintertime, and my boy had given me this bucket with a grill grate.
1: It was literally a bucket. With it was like a grill grate on top. Like Maybe like it. a
0: gallon size bucket, if that big. It was so tiny. It was small. <laughs> it was
1: so small. And so,
0: you know, in apartments, you're not supposed to grill out. If you're not on the bottom floor, you're definitely not supposed to grill out in front of your door. No. Yeah, we did both of those. <laughs> Second floor, in front of the door. But I'm like, yo, it's a little bucket. Like, how hot could it get? And how high can the flame? How high go? could the flames get? Oh, let uh, me tell you. <laughs> yeah, I was totally uninformed. So I, throw, I get some charcoal, I throw some charcoal in there, I light it up, flames shoot, almost to the roof of the outdoor part of her apartment. Again, not on the balcony, in front of her door. But I've been in situations like this before. I know all you got to do is let it die down. It's going to be okay. She's panicking. Uh, You don't know what you're doing. And so, you know, we put whatever we had on there. It's like maybe like an eight inch. If that big,
1: like you couldn't put a porterhouse on it. That's there's no way like you could
0: a, a, a chicken leg and thigh was probably you could get one of those <laughs> in a sprig of of like
1: green onion. That's or something it.
0: That's really it. So I'm out there just winging it, and I think this was like one of the first times I cooked you, right? Yes, it was. And terrified. <laughs> But, of course, once the coals died down, you know, I was like, yo, I gotta go back to the store. Then we really, really got some some good eats when we was eating meat yes. on there. So, um, but, like, I, I grew up in the city. So, small cooking spaces like that, like, in, in, in Queens, we had a house with a yard. So, my dad had a pit that he built with cinder blocks and... I don't know if you know what garden stones are, but that would be, like, those flat kind of bricks. It's like cement, but it has, like, the little decorations on top. Usually, like, the little humps. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Or
0: whatever, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He built that with that, right? (laughs) So we out in the yard grilling like grill masters all the time. But there's a lot of people in the city who live in apartment buildings, have fire escapes, whatever like that, and they just get like the little 14-inch uh, little mini Weber grill, and that's what rock. look, well, first of all, Brussels sprouts wasn't the only thing.
1: Yeah, that was gonna be my question. So did you eat Brussels sprouts growing up? No. Okay.
0: I despised you-
1: them. Oh, that's funny.
0: And between Brussels sprouts and beets, those were the only two things that my mom would be like, okay, you don't have to eat it.
1: I have to thank my mom because growing up, you know, it's funny, we hear we would hear Brussels sprouts are gross, you know broccoli is nasty. People don't eat cabbage, green beans, all, lima beans, none of these things. And you would go to school. People would say, these things are gross. How dare our mom even think about fixing them? And Carla and I would be looking forward to be going home to be eating Brussels sprouts. Because your mom's was hooking them up. Oh my gosh. We're like 9, 10, 12 years old eating Brussels and being happy. Like, we thought they were little cabbages, so we were just like, right. yo, they're so cute. And we ate, like, we ate mad veggies growing up. And that's my, why I love, like, that's why being plant based isn't an issue for me. Yeah. Because I love veggies. I would always go back for seconds, and I would always get seconds of, like, the sides. Yeah. like yeah. The veggies and the potatoes and stuff, because the meat was kind of heavy. Um, but I just loved. I love veggies. I love cooking veggies. I love eating salad. We just plowed through. Yeah, like a lot of salad fun. this week.
0: Again, Roxanne connection. <laughs> so, when I worked at Polo in New York, um, I came in. Oh, you know, listen. All right. So anybody that knows retail and knows how in retail, you got to be able to wear the clothes and yes. look the part. I worked in footwear, so there wasn't really a huge uh, focus on that the people from footwear. <coughs> but even most of the people from footwear, we had to wear their clothes, so you know we had to still look the part. Right. And so, my homegirl rocks. was like, listen, aside from the fact that you have to look the part, and the XL look at polo is not working for you, uh, you need to be healthy. So... <laughs> We got to the point where we were ordering these huge salads from this place called I think it was Rap and Run. And Rox, if you're listening and it's not rap and run, hit me up and let me know so I could change it. <laughs> but I think it was rap and run. And that's why I fell in love with salad you know?
1: Salads are like
0: the soul vegan. <laughs> I thought I could hook up a salad. <laughs> and we talk about adding bacon and eggs and all that stuff. Listen, you haven't hooked up a salad until you could make a salad hearty and filling, and there's none of that crap in it.
1: Exactly. There you go. My, again, go back to my mom. I, I'm, I'm the way that I am. I love cooking. I'm the little chef that I am because of my mother. When she was losing weight, because she wanted to lose weight, you know. We all, you know, Carla and my twin sister and I, we weren't tiny little girls growing up, we were chunky monkeys, and there's nothing wrong with it. Although we weren't healthy, so that was he is the saying, issue. He okay. Saying. Just curves. All right. Curves are okay. All right. <laughs> They're beautiful. Thank you. And so but my mom was on this weight, and we have to think about this. Our parents, I'm thirty-three years old now. My mom was thirty-three when she was mm-hmm. raising us. Mm-hmm. And I'm having, you know, everybody has body image issues. We were just talking about that. We were just talking about it. So, you, I look in the mirror now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I still have some work to do. Blah blah blah. Think about having twin girls, and going through that.
0: I, I can't even imagine. You know,
1: and then having to kind of try to do this diet thing, and then opening them up to asking questions about yeah. why you're doing what you're doing. And now you have to do a body image explanation to, you know, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, right? my mom was doing that she started with water you know she would try to drink a gallon of water and again why i am the way that i am today she would put lemon in her water and we as like five and six year olds we were like that hey. was, we like, was grown-up <laughs> stuff to do so we, we would go out to restaurants and carla and i we wouldn't order sweet tea because first of all wasn't allowed
0: um, the sweet tea thing in the south <laughs> And y'all are from Charlotte so it was like half and half Yeah true I wasn't ready for that <laughs> I'll be honest with
1: you So we we would always get water We would ask for lemon and we would put lemon in our water And we just thought that was the adult thing to do So my well, mom I had was lemon water, please My thanks. mom was saving money She was a very smart lady I'm telling you She was like this is what grown ups do We eat very cheap and we were like oh okay that's what grown ups do So that's what we want to do she, she was a smart lady very smart but she would make these huge salads. And it and don't cost a lot of money to make a salad. No, a big one, too. But she would just literally put all these veggies. It was so colorful, so pretty. And then she would put fruit in it. And then she would put pepperonis. I'm not sure where that came from, but whatever. So she would put, like, pepperonis. And then she would boil the chicken that was already dead, made its may it soul rest. But then she would boil it again. Like and again and again, it was boiled, okay. And then she would put that on top, and then she doused it with ranch. Now, obviously, that was not <laughs> the healthiest thing. The, the ranch thing.
0: Listen, <laughs> I never was big on ranch dressing, and I think that's because everybody else that I knew loved ranch. They would put ranch on everything, <coughs> like everything. Like the first time I did broccoli and ranch dressing, I was like, "This is probably not supposed to happen." But apparently, the ranch dressing comes with the veggie plate that you get from the grocery store. There you go. Celery, tomatoes, carrots. <laughs> Uh, broccoli there you go Ranch.
1: and so but she would make these big salads so when we got older that was like the thing to do if you wanted to kind of make something make like a healthy meal that was gonna last you for a few days go to the store get you some veggies get you a big thing of lettuce and put it in a big bowl and eat salad through the week and that's where I guess my my big salad love comes from and why Good. I'm able to literally look at the refrigerator and say
0: Oh we have, we have salad I can eat salad now every day <laughs> Like I hate I should, Okay hate's a, a strong word Because there's a lot of things that I Have grown up hating That When you make it mm-hmm. Or you made it mm-hmm. um, I'm like oh okay One thing, mushrooms And I would avoid Mushrooms like the plague Cooked, raw Whatever, to me it just tastes like dirt but once I had fresh mushrooms, white mushrooms, portobello mushrooms, shiitake mushrooms. I know shiitake's not really great, but once I had them fresh, I grew to appreciate them because all I knew before was the cooked down brown mushroom in a in a on a pizza or in pasta or whatever like that and I hated it. Um but eating them raw in a salad
1: mm-hmm.
0: Change my my perspective, so good. On and I think it changed my eating vegetables raw. You know, um, changed my perspective on a lot of what they call clean eating. Yeah. Um, and I think again, when you when you when you put it into to the perspective of actually cooking, it's a challenge, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Like they're making pizza right now on the show, and I don't think I'm ready for the the challenge of pizza oh
1: that's easy come on
0: but I just think like you know if you if you take on the challenge just like any other challenge different things that you know you typically wouldn't cook
1: that's the challenge when it comes to plant-based so for me that was one of my my challenges and I wish you said that word in the way you just talked about the pizza and in making comfort food and veganizing comfort food. Which is not can't be easy. No, especially if you're wanting to try to get the same taste that you receive Yeah. from the non-plant-based um, mac and cheese. And you've had my plant-based mac and cheese oh, before. Oh, it's
0: delicious. It's uh, <laughs> no disrespect to my mama and her regular mac and cheese, or your mama and her regular know, mac and cheese. I know, but my
1: goodness, both of our mamas.
0: She's made some vegan mac and cheese that... <laughs> Is delightful, And in another episode where we're going a little deeper into the Soulful Vegan and what she does, we'll talk about that process of making vegan mac and cheese because you would think, listen, if there's no meat in it, then it's vegan. It goes a little bit deeper than that, but continue. Right,
1: exactly. So, you know, making those comfort foods like collard greens, right? Most uh, of the time uh, collard greens are paired with a collars. big giant ham hock that sits in it for hours. You know, just like like
0: I make chili with <laughs> the ham hock in it, and I'm like, oh, I gotta figure out how- or 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 ground meat, yeah, ground I mean, beef, and yeah. now you gotta figure out a way to not make it, and and you make vegetarian chili
1: and still have that flavor, and still have that flavor. But that seasoning, right? And and a lot of that is seasoning, and people are scared. That's that's one thing that I wanted to just quickly touch on. Why are people so scared to season food? Seasoning. So my black people. People in general. And I'm not just talking about salt and pepper. I'm well,
0: talking I about. Well, I think because herb, like salt and pepper herbs. is easy.
1: Right, but then you have so many herbs but that listen, you can add. A lot of us know. aren't hearing the voices of our ancestors. No, you <laughs> could folks, up there speaking. Well, no,
0: that's one thing that I learned. It's like there's, and I learned a little bit of that from my mom. There are so many different types of seasonings, seasonings that you can use. Like, salt enhances. The flavor, if you if you use the right amount <coughs> of salt but, and pepper, you can really just get away with that on a lot of things when you're cooking meat.
1: Right, but then you learn so much more. Like instead of using maybe five tablespoons of salt, you can use a little bit of lime juice because lime juice also mm-hmm. has that sodium, mm-hmm. natural mm-hmm. sodium in there that will enhance the flavor. You have the zest of lemons, you have all these different fruits and things that you can add and... These fresh herbs, basil, dill, sage, margarine. Basil is the
0: truth. I mean, Not just on food. And drinks too.
1: Totally. Basil and watermelon? Oh, mm. so good. But so different things. And that is and that is one of the things that I experience. And this is going a little bit off topic, but about my cookbook. Um, and so Living Alkaline has been around for ages. Um, has been around for ages, Believe d- depending on what you believe in. you were raised and all that um if you've had an apple then you've had an alkaline meal yay um but one of the things that uh, that i received as far as with criticism or shade i really don't like to use that word anyway um but it was there's not that there can't be that many alkaline recipes out there um you know this the the big or kind of promoting an alkaline lifestyle has just kind of reached The scene where it's kind of everywhere and everybody talks about it more now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, you know, four years ago, it really wasn't talked about a whole lot, but it definitely has been around for for ages. Um, Just choosing not to eat processed foods, um, choosing to only eat the things that aren't hybrids or anything like that. So original fruits and veggies, uh, that's living alkaline Um, that particular life. And so one person told me that you know how could you create 250 recipes? Um, there's there hasn't been that many recipes in existence. And uh, cheers. My comment back that back to that was again, have you eaten an apple? If you've had an apple, that apple on a meal. So and, and what I've learned again looking at all these, I love watching cooking shows, whether they're cooking with meat or not. I love watching it because there's so much to learn. But then the challenge, here's the best part, looking at that recipe and saying, I can alkaline that. I can completely recreate that. And you've been able to look at
0: pretty much anything and say, I can alkaline that.
1: Anything. I can look at it and say, you know what, I can make that meal naturally not the exact same way because I'm not going to include meat or animal fat or animal products whatsoever. But I'm going to only use alkaline ingredients or if I'm making a transition meal, or if I'm just making a plant-based meal, every meal that I look at, I have been able to create Mm -hmm. Mm plant-based. And the challenge for me, but that was the best part, was taking those just plant-based meals and only using alkaline ingredients to do that. And uh, one of, you know, I've had someone ask me, well, that's not possible, how are you going to be able to do that? And I'm like, have you watched cooking shows before? Do you even know anything you, about shows? You like, you, when it comes
0: to cooking, you gotta watch. It's like writing; you gotta read other authors. You exactly. Gotta, you gotta watch. It. When you talk about cooking, you gotta watch other people do that. Exactly. You gotta watch the cooking
1: stuff. But here's the thing: not all recipes are exactly alike. We and I use the example cocoa Most people have no idea what it is anyway. <laughs>
0: I didn't know until <laughs> we saw it on TV one day and she was like,
1: they're making it totally wrong. <laughs> okay, yeah, they were. They were botching it up. Everyone
0: botched it, Everyone Was it on Top Chef? Yeah, it was on yeah. Top Chef.
1: But, you know, you have Jacques Pepin who has made it his way It's in absolutely incredible. And then you have someone like the absolutely um, revered Julia a Child. She makes yeah, her version. Yeah. And then you have Emeril Lagasse. You have all these different chefs. Um, John Calicchio. You know, you have all these different chefs and they make it slightly different yeah. and it's their own way and that's their recipe and it's like you can you look at something you know and it's not about following a recipe most of my recipes were things that I just happenstance across or just was testing and figuring out what worked or I used to make it and add bad things to it I just took the bad things out a lot of my mocktails are things that I would make with vodka and I yes. just took the yes. vodka out. <laughs> just you know, mocktails I, you know just have a lot of fun with it and that's the part that I want to encourage just with anybody, and that's where I think it, we go back to you and I's love for food, um, whether it be vegan, non-vegan, alkaline, or whatever. It's just that general love and respect for food. It's the same thing that you enjoy and I enjoy as artists. This It, it literally parallels that part of being creative, that part of taking yeah. something out of, creating something out of nothing. Or taking one idea and making it three separate meals or three separate, you know, songs or, you know, whatever. And it's like, that's the best part of cooking. And I don't care what I'm cooking. I've I've made, you know, pescatarian meals. I've made vegetarian meals, vegan meals. I've made some very great non-vegan meals. But it's all about the creativity. I've never made brioche buns. And then one day I decided I wanted to make them. Pretty good,
0: they came out pretty <laughs> awesome. They really did, you know.
1: You know, we've made our There's so many things that we look at, and we're like, Oh, I want to try it, try it, and, and then
0: and the Soulful vegan, even before she transitioned into being a vegan and, and plant based and alkaline, um, she would take on any challenge. Mm. Like, yeah, I remember the arepas. <laughs> and I probably didn't say that right, but um, we went to. <laughs> Uh, one of our favorite restaurants, Sasha's, And it's a Colombian restaurant. And I think that's the only place in Greenville that I've... I, I mean, that was the first place <laughs> I had a repas. And I didn't have, would have never thought in a million years to recreate such a dish. Oh, And she was like, nah, I could do that. <laughs> and I'm like, what? I'm like, what are they even made of? And you're like, oh, no, this, 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 and this, and this. And the next thing you know, Sunday, fun day, we have a repas.
1: That's right. And... I had never made barbacoa.
0: I- oh, <laughs> yo, okay. So there's a recipe that I found.
1: Is it a GQ magazine? The GQ magazine. Yeah. And
0: the crazy thing is, I was, I guess, reorganizing or cleaning up. Yes. And going through boxes of stuff, and I remember wanting to save that recipe. When I lived in my in my parents' house, I had it taped to the wall because I was like, I don't want to forget this recipe, and. I found it, right? But, of course, it's what, pork? Yeah. Okay, brisket. Yeah.
1: What was that, beef? Brisket's beef. I don't know, pork. I don't know, I don't eat I can't anymore. remember because it was
0: such a long time I ago. I have no idea. But the first thing I thought about was like, yo, we got to veganize that joint because it was so good. Like, And one of the things that I've grown to appreciate with you,
1: mm-hmm.
0: as far as your journey, um, is that... You know, we talked about, you know, alkalining certain recipes or veganizing certain recipes. Um, And I've mentioned this several times. It's the challenge of it. Oh, yeah. Everything to me, cooking, is a challenge. Even when I cook the $40 spaghetti that I've cooked at least 50 times, you know, it's a a challenge because each time you make it, it's not going to be the same way.
1: Nope, because again, we never measure. (laughs) We never do Of course, we
0: never measure. Um, but again, the challenge of having something, creating it, and then feeding it Mm -hmm. to people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what chefs, like real chefs, like people who work in a restaurant or whatever like that, I think that's the joy that they get out of their cooking. I think that's the joy that parents who like to cook get out of feeding their families. Like, there's a lot of movies and, you know, you might know some Italian families That's one thing I always look to, not just Italian families, but really, families outside of America, right? Or outside of the United States, let's just say that. Because food, to me, especially family-style cooking, um, has kind of gone away in the United States. Like, I remember when I moved down here from New York, I was like, oh, shoot. Yo, it's gonna be Southern food, ribs, you know, all of that,
1: all the time.
0: And I was heavily disappointed.
1: Yeah. Sorry.
0: Because I guess I came down during a time where people wasn't cooking like that anymore. No. But my family still cooked like that. Yeah. You know, like I think about I haven't been to my family's house, but then in a minute we might have to schedule some stuff because you know, I appreciate my mom and my dad cooking for people coming over. Yes. You know what I mean? You like, used to get the think. best food when you had company,
1: right? Yeah. <laughs> now it's like you get it twice a year, as well at least for for, for my mom, and she won't get mad when I say this because she's she's has no problem telling anyone. She only cooks like throws down in the kitchen like she used to in the holidays little for Thanksgiving and Christmas. That's it.
0: All right, so let me ask you this, and and we're gonna have to wrap it up in a little bit, but in a nutshell. <laughs> You know, you have the, the vegan, alkaline uh, focus that you have right now. But at the end of the day, what does cooking, for you, for me, for anyone, when you cook a meal, what's, what's, what's I don't wanna say what's the motivation because you, know, you wanna cook a good meal, but what's the, what's the feeling behind you getting in the kitchen and putting forth this effort to make a dope-ass meal.
1: It is, It is. and this is probably a very, very drastic um, opinion of it. So, I know that I'll never compete in the Olympics. Why? Because I want to cook. And I don't want to train. I'm training in the kitchen. But that concept of, Really, especially if you're on a time like mm-hmm. time crunch, and like, all right, all of our friends are, you know, we're going to have all of our friends over for, you know, a, a dinner or whatever, playing cards or something. That black revolt game or black card revolt game. Or, uh, so, uh,
0: what's, the, what's the joint? Oh, cards Against, Cars against humanity? humanity. Yo. Oh my gosh. That's a meal cool. in a game like that or the revolt game.
1: There you go. Yeah. So it's like when you're on this time crunch and. If you've never made the recipe before, and you're like, I'm making this for the first time ever, and six, seven other people are going to taste this, holy shit, man. (laughs) Like, we can't mess (laughs) up, right? Yeah. And so then you're like, okay, we're going to throw some music. All right, let's get in the kitchen, blah, blah, blah. so for me, the extra challenge is I'm going to make it plant-based and not tell anyone. Mm -hmm. And these are all meat eaters. And I'm sitting there and I'm like throwing stuff together. I mean, you have anxiety attacks. So, we've looked at... We love watching kitchen competition shows. Yeah. And Top Chef and... Master Ma- right, Chef. Master Chef. We just were introduced to that. Um, and you watch people that have never... Chopped yet Yeah. On you, a clock. On a clock. But then you have dinner service. Remember Restaurant Wars on Ooh. Top Chef. If you... Haven't watched Top Chef? You have to just do it.
0: Even if you just go to the episode where it's <laughs> yeah, Restaurant Wars, just, you
1: have to watch it because literally you're taking people. Some of them are professionals, some of them are private chefs, mm-hmm. some of them are, are kind amateurs, of amateurs, homemade chefs, whatever, and they're on there competing with to Ma- be. I think Master
0: Chef is nothing but amateurs. Yeah,
1: right? Master Chef is nothing but amateurs, and they have something like a Restaurant Wars as well. <laughs> they have Gordon Ramsay as, one as one an one expediter one. so let's not even talk about the pressure there. But then they. No butt
0: bleeps and yeah, all of that. I'm
1: telling you, just so much pressure, and you go through it, and it's this. For me, looking at it honestly, it's the same thing of someone competing in the Olympics. It is like you put your heart and soul into this. Like, after I finish cooking, I'm going to need to lay down because <laughs> it has been a mental process. It has been a spiritual process. Would you process. like to eat your food afterwards? I do. Um, I don't really, and it's weird. I'm not, and, and this is probably something that someone is probably going to come back to years later and make fun of me about. But I don't really like to taste my food during the process. No, she doesn't. Apparently... If I mean, I'm around you, when she's
0: cooking, yeah. I am the taste tester. <laughs>
1: you are the one who kind of tastes my food. Because and I never know what to say. <laughs> because again, I'm a person that I, when I envision a meal, I envision it finished, and I envision what it would taste like when it's finished. I don't want to taste what it tastes like before it's finished because then it'll throw off my mental.
0: Okay, so let me ask you this. So, like, because I've experienced this with you,
1: mm-hmm. I know you very well,
0: and I think I know what you want something to taste like. Mm -hmm. And so there are times when I say, oh, I think it's good. If I had to
1: add anything, maybe a little more salt. Uh, Just a little. breaks my spirit, man. But it's like,
0: I honestly feel like I'm at a culinary disadvantage when it comes to you because you have ranged From point A to point 100 zillion Z On a lot of things that you've cooked I probably got like four or five signature things that I've cooked And I don't give a fuck About asking somebody Yo, what you think this tastes like? Like, Because I know what I want it to taste like Now, perfect example We did a cookout the other day (laughs) And the tuna was a little Basically, yo, I cured this tuna Didn't even realize it
1: And and again, this goes back to me not watching you.
0: But it was a little salty, and what ended up on this, it was a lot salty, okay? (laughs) And what ended up on the skewers, uh, because I put it on the grill, it ended up cured. But I guess within the mixture of the vegetables, it all worked out. So a couple of nights later, we had the tuna that we didn't use, and we seared it, and it was a lot better.
1: I mean, you have when you look at essentially grilling, but then again, I go back to the process of this grilling. There's a big difference between grilling over an open flame and smoking. And I think, and I, I think a lot of see at you, you home, end up getting a smoke, right? But I firmly believe a lot of or at or you, if you're not people, grilling it directly over the fire, correct? Because here's the thing: most home people don't grill. They say they're grilling, but they're actually smoking because is that of because we put aluminum foil and We don't want to clean it later. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> you know that's what why. I did. You know that's what that I did. That is not grilling. That is more smoking Smoking works
0: for me when you don't have to do more than get the grill brush.
1: Yeah, <laughs> you know grilling is flames are coming through. Okay, like flames. your
0: your your something is going to catch the on a fire. Flame is
1: hitting the meat. <laughs> that is grilling out, um, and I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for that one. Oh well. But you know, you look at that 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 process of smoking the of the, and in that day it almost felt like you were drunk with the cooking method that you used. You pulled the moisture out of the meat,
0: but kept yeah, because I was flavor. I was moving between the on-site grill and then the Weber grill. The Weber grill had a cover, and then I I put some aluminum foil. Yeah, so it was like convection.
1: It it was weird. Um, or attempt that convection it, with it the oven was, It was weird, even the look of it, and and it reminded me of how sometimes pork still looks red and pink when you yeah, smoke it. Yeah, tuna does that a lot. Tuna that and, and when you when sunday, you grill it, or you smoke it. The the way that you cooked it, your method of cooking it last Sunday, it was still like super pink, like super pink. But it was definitely done. I and it was definitely done. <laughs> Um, Might have been a little overdone, but it was just, and then, and then the process of going from grilling it, smoking it, to searing it in cast iron, and again, it was sear, sear, pull off the, you know, pull off the eye because you don't want to overcook tuna. Tuna is terrible if you're cooking. It. Yeah. It's Quite terrible. Um,
0: Unless you cure it like for a whole day.
1: Yeah, but you know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> at that point, you have smoked tuna. <laughs>
0: But you salty know, smoked tuna. So, yeah. no, it was really salty, y'all. I, like
1: I, I've never been. I tried more it. Embarrassed. Guys, I tried it, and it. And our
0: guests were, were, were very this, uh, accommodating. I think,
1: were, I think they were nice. They were being nice. We thank you.
0: Appreciate it, uh, same being Soul and Sarah. Yes. Appreciate it.
1: Um, but yeah, just even the the taste of it, over something over an open flame, versus something cooked on over an electric grill. The taste of uh, the taste of anything, even veggies. The if you were to grill onions versus caramelizing them over the stove, the taste is completely different. Okay, so so wonderful.
0: So we've been throwing around the idea of getting like the smokeless grill.
1: Yes, we have. We've been throwing around this idea for And we're going to get
0: one, yes. even just for, for YouTube purposes, because we're we about to start a cooking channel. So yes, just letting y'all know, the Soulful Vegan, <laughs> Max Lit, it's going to be like a simulcast of the podcast and uh, us cooking. I think we're going to start filming our podcast,
1: or we're going to be in the kitchen. That's what we
0: should do. Yeah, it, it'll get there, you know,
1: because
0: <laughs> there are definitely some podcasts I'm going to have to do by myself. Of
1: course.
0: Um, and there's some podcasts that Sofa Vegan does not know she's going to have to do by herself, but she's going to have to do them. Uh, probably the little YouTube joints oh, of yeah. she's gonna be alone I might just chime in and her a drink <laughs> You know <here> and there. <laughs> But um Nah you know I think at the end of the day with me There's I, I'll, I'll admit There's not a whole lot of things that I think I'm Good at There's a couple of things I think I'm great at and I might be wrong I
1: think you're wonderful at a lot of things
0: but cooking is one of the things that I'm like, if I focus, there's certain things. Like, Sapi and Soul, you're looking out, she'll talk about my pico de gallo.
1: Oh, my goodness. Good Lord. Let me tell you something. <laughs> this brother. And I'm tooting my own horn <laughs> on that joint. This brother can make some pico de gallo. There's
0: two things. Pico de gallo and my 49 Spaghetti, I will chew my own horn on those things.
1: And it's literally, you are a person. Like I said, you can look at ingredients in the in the refrigerator, and it's like, all right, we got to make something. Okay, bang bang bang, we got this over here. Bang bang bang, we got that. And I look in the pantry, and I'm like, we're gonna starve. We don't have anything <laughs> to eat in here. And it, we have looked at the same thing, and he has created this pico de gallo and then he's like yo we can use the rest of this and we can make tacos and, I'm and like, i've gotten a raised eyebrow a couple times like like what oh no
0: not even a raised eyebrow like the stink face like what, what? I
1: mean, i'm thinking to myself <laughs> we are going to starve because <laughs> he's not gonna make this and he's using all the ingredients <laughs> so we're not gonna have anything, we left. have anything and so and and i'm picky i don't eat a lot of leftovers i know what anyway? Ugh. I'm I have to say I'm a little spoiled on that on that aspect.
0: Well, my dad's the same way. We were talking about it the other day. My <laughs> yeah. dad was like, I don't, you know, I look at stuff in the fridge and I'm like, well, we don't, don't have none that. to eat. Yo, like we don't. And my mom was like, this, these pork chops have been in here for three weeks, and he was like, know that was a week
1: too long. Yo, hello, hello, nobody. You know, I will. And it's funny, you. I, he makes fun of me all the time. I do I'll, not. I'll look in the fridge and I'm like, we don't have anything to eat. And I'm like. <laughs> what are you no, talking about? There's a whole big ass salary. Right? <laughs> I don't no, want that. There's too <laughs> I mean, like, granted,
0: I am the person who I was going through a rough patch with financially. Like I think I was working part time to collect an unemployment at the same time. And it, it it came down to what we were gonna eat. And I remember my parents and my dad. And I don't even know if my mom had done it, but Y'all ever heard? And it's probably a different name for it, because whenever I mention it, someone always says there's a different name for it. But potato pancakes, lockas, lockas, are small. We talking about y'all
1: just made them bigger They're the same right? thing. So you brother. can't
0: call it a locka if it's the same size as the biggest cast iron pan you your have. Lockas, right. oh, latke. whatever. Latke. No disrespect. No. Um, but I remember, like, there was never a time where there were things in the house that i said no nah, it's nothing i can make and i remember when when i made it people were like yo i never even heard of this you just get you know the potatoes you mash them up it's a lot of work but you get them mashed up throw some green on you and then you season it up you're good to go right mm-hmm. and that's i guess because we i we grew up in a house with four kids Right,
1: mm-hmm. And me
0: and my twin sister Were the youngest of the four So There was a good point I think maybe six, seven years That we were all together You talk about sharing a bathroom Cooking a meal <laughs> For six people is not easy And some days you, My dad was like yo we got a bag of potatoes We got some rice And we got some vegetables we gonna make this happen. My mom's the same way, you know. And I think when, when you look at a lot of these cooking shows, a lot of them are all about not wasting anything. Yep. Um, when you talk about meat, you know they want to use the whole animal. Uh, when you talk about uh, the vegan side of it, it's 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 a lot of it is. We using use the what you whole have
1: fruit. in your house, but the same, con- even that same concept of using the entire fruit, like the carrot tops. Yes, there, there are different. Or the same. Celery- fla- yo, you- using the flowers. Listen, I have made cilantro flowers. Like, eggs. like using- I never even knew there were cilantro flowers. There is.
0: <laughs> like when I saw that, I was like, oh shoot. Yeah. And then it's like, you know, the stuff that you would throw away from vegetables. Like,
1: exactly. I've, Save that and use it to make a
0: stock. I, I love making eggs with spinach or mixed greens or whatever like that. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a couple of days where I didn't have mixed greens, but I was like, yo, the tops of, these, of this celery will work. You know, throwing some cilantro, like the whole stalk of a cilantro, like you chop it up, but you throw in the whole thing. It's like you can really make and I think that's where a lot of the, the issues when we talk about the food crisis in the world. Mm-hmm. It's like everybody's worried about the, the uh, what do they call it? Um, shoot. Man. The the uh, we talk about renewable resources, mm-hmm. and a lot of that has to do with fuel mm-hmm. and oil, mm-hmm. you know. And they're saying you know once this is gone, it's gone. Mm-hmm. But when when it comes to vegetables, as long as you can grow it, you good. Yeah. But there's so many parts of the vegetables that we don't talk about. Like we like I mentioned before, the carrot tops, celery tops. There's I didn't know there was flowers on uh, cilantro mm-hmm. that it's just you don't have to. It's not just regulated to garnish, right? You know? and
1: it's funny because you know you look at the dandelion. Mm-hmm. A lot of people consider that a weed. That is a healing herb. That's a healing mm-hmm. plant. Um, the dandelion. There's so many uses for it. Absolutely in softly alkaline herbal coffee.
0: Plug. Shameless
1: plug. No, not shameless plug. <laughs> um, but you know, dandelion root is great for your body and so many health benefits. But the people, you know, it's now been known that the dandelion is a weed, Ooh, is. and that is a healing plant. That you should be happy if you see it. In and your I've life. seen people make dandelion broth. Yeah. My oh my goodness! Dandelion greens are amazing. Yeah. They're so good. But you,
0: it's a lot of times we talk about poke salad.
1: <laughs> oh gosh! Yes. Right,
0: and I was again grew up in New York, so we had friends that their parents were, was from Mississippi, and they're like, "Man, what you got growing in the front yard?" Talking to my dad, and he was like, "Oh man, that's a weed." We didn't get out there to pull him. He's like, "Oh man, you don't even know what you got." But when you think about the food crisis, a lot of listen, I, I've always been a firm believer, and yeah, there's probably gonna be some time in human history like it happened in the Great Depression. You know, it happened in the, 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 what they call the Great Recession. And I'm pretty sure it's going to happen again where the renewable resources that you have, plants, as long as you have the conditions to grow them, which, that's another story, um, you're going to have to take advantage of, the, of those things. Yeah. And plant-based foods,
1: Plant vegetables, living.
0: you know, that gives you... That is sustainable. And that gives you the resources that you might not think that you would have later on. Agreed. Alright. Well we kinda of went a little over all over the map when it comes to food and stuff, but it, I think it was. You know
1: what? This is the best part. This is one of the reasons why I love your podcast. It is what it is. A podcast gumbo because legitimately we can talk about anything and it can go left, it can go right, it can go up, it can go down. But it literally always comes together. It rounds out. It rounds out, and that's like the top reason why I love your podcast. And I knew when I
0: got the idea about <laughs> we were watching the chef. This is called the Chef
1: Show. The Chef Show. Yeah. The chef Show and on Netflix. Based, and it's again, uh, it's on the movie Netflix.
0: If you are listening, Hulu. If you are listening, you know y'all can throw some advertisement this way. I will plug your shows. <laughs> you know.
1: Yeah, but this is this is kind of a spinoff of the movie. Yeah chef right, right? cuz it has the main actor and he has learned let me tell you something there is something about when someone has an option to learn he didn't he wasn't forced he to didn't take have this to. role he chose to take this role but
0: he didn't even have to to, to, to get the training he
1: didn't yeah he didn't have to he but just he came in to. and just did the whole thing they told him cut him you know probably did some a stunt that stunt double that did all his cutting methods or whatever. but he legitimately went under a chef as as like a sous chef and learned how to how to cook and I'm watching the show and I'm amazed at every single episode um I have become a fan of John. I am not gonna even try his last name.
0: Favorot okay or (laughs) Favero. Okay. I don't even know
1: but if, I if either one of those were right, <laughs> and you know what you look at him and I have. I've watched some of his movies, you know, but just watching this process of him taking this and actually benefited from it, like mm-hmm. this is years this show has been filmed years after the movie. Yeah. And to see that he's continued to use the skills, I mean his knife skills are great. His cooking skills are absolutely amazing. But he's I still just taking
0: that. He's still learning.
1: Yeah. But he wants to now. But
0: that's, I mean, anybody that, listen, I'm not if you want in any to do way, it, shape, form, or fashion Period. trying to say I'm a chef. Say it again?
1: If you want to do it, you can It's just that simple. You just got to be willing to you, learn. And, this and is willing in, to fuck up, too. Right. But the want part, you have to want yeah. to say, oh, I want to cook or,
0: oh, Class I want to learn it. Really?
1: But it's like, for him, he could have just said, I'm doing it. He's an actor. I'm, just I'm gonna doing it for the check. I'm doing it to come in here Listen, and get some money, whatever, okay. whatever. He has taken this. He is, even on the show, it's literally teacher-student. He's still the student. Yep. He's on the, he's, it's just amazing. So, check Mr. John, I like you. Okay? John lot.
0: <laughs> She's going to watch your movie. All I told the, her about your movie.
1: single one of his movies. Now I'm a total <laughs> fan. Now I'm going to go and get all his movies and watch them because it's like, this is him in real life (laughs) he's like still learning how to perfect the craft of cooking or chefing Yeah, it's it's not this whole big difference between cooking and chefing it really is a big difference and every single day you learn um, even with me you know I'm not a world renowned chef but I'm still learning but it's just good I like it Uh,
0: I don't know about not being a world renowned chef we're gonna let her go with that because I think soon enough (laughs) <laughs> Probably within the next year or two, she will be. Um, but one thing I want to say is that um, without giving away any of your secrets, there was a time frame to where Sofa Vegan worked on her cookbook. And, you know, there were obstacles. A lot was happening at the time. And she was able to get it done. Yeah. And I will say that I have never seen someone put forth that much effort and be tenacious about it and still deal with the obstacles and the doubt and wondering if it's going to get done and the discouragement and just just the human condition of just like, oh, my God, like what else is going to happen and still came out with a dope ass product. I just want to say I'm proud of you. Thank vegan, for even taking on that task, let alone finishing it
1: that was hard I'm not even gonna lie
0: swearing off ever doing it again (laughs) she's already working on the second cookbook y'all so keep a lookout for it (laughs) Um, I want to thank the Soulful Vegan for joining me once again on the It Is What It Is podcast a podcast gumbo featuring Max Lit and of course the Soulful Vegan
1: Yo.
0: Uh, we look forward to the next episode and thank you all for listening sign up okay I feel like Sesame Street It Is What It Is is brought to you by ML Creative Consulting and Publishing. Our executive producers are Max Lit and Nicole Grace, aka The Soulful Vegan. The opening and closing music for this episode was produced by Hash Adams. Our supporters are The Soulful Vegan LLC, VF by Design, Akata Visions, and Free Upstate Poetry. If you'd like to become one of our supporters, DM me on Instagram at maxlit50 or email me at maxlit50 at gmail.com. Peace.